0: Try and avoid any uh, mind fields with this conversation.
1: Yeah, let's try to be like, hey, like,
2: <laughs> whatever the right
1: wish. thing to think is, that's that's what I think.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I agree. With what? I,
1: I agree! <laughs> I have the good opinions, please,
2: Scott! <laughs> They're good!
0: It is so, it's, it's so funny. It's like the litmus test is like, what shows do you watch? It'll prove you're a good person
1: yeah like uh hmm. do you watch uh superstore hmm. okay you pass this time that's you know it's not the best but you'll you're okay you pass the
0: test you're you're fine
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean we were probably the first people in what would you say 15 or so years to have watched uh our first movie today <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: oh yeah. No, it's like the only time I've ever uh I had to blow the dust off of a uh thing I watched on streaming. Yeah. <laughs> I had to blow of, like dust off of a file. I was like, oh wow.
0: Your grandparents' attic. Okay, I wonder if this is anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is that is the start of a fucking Wes Craven movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, like Christopher West, Columbus. I think Wes Craven would have had a good idea how to direct this movie.
2: <laughs> Ooh, yeah that'd be interesting yeah <laughs> I want to
1: see okay hear me out like oh god I mean Gerard Depardieu he's canceled he's bad but like and, we'll, talk and he, we'll, yeah, talk we'll talk about it we'll talk about him. it but like uh, but there is an interesting version of this movie is where you find you could do a good horror movie where you find a VHS copy of this movie and then a modern day Gerard Depardieu as like more Shrek like than ever As Christopher Columbus comes out and tries to murder you. He's He's like, I
0: can go anywhere. I have dual citizenship to attend
1: countries. (laughs) (laughs) I am good friends with the
0: the governor of Chechnya. So he's not friends with Putin anymore. We'll get into it. Oh, no. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, I'm Patrick Grimmie on Woo. Welcome to the Academy, and hey, welcome to the High Seas. At least for a a spell. You don't know (laughs) notice about both both movies? Really, Scott, not too concerned with boat action. Like, they're not on the boat too long in 1492. And in White Squall, he can't wait to get them into, like, the Caribbean kind of dallying about with um, the ladies of the Caribbean.
1: He just loves like, yeah, he just wants these guys to have like goofy hijinks and like Trinidad and Tobago when it's like, yeah. no,
0: dog, it's the squall. That's what we want. There is a Sandler-esque uh, side story of Ridley Scott seemingly wanting to just hang out, hang out in the Caribbean on vacation. for a bit. <laughs> it's almost like he wants to have a good year. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the White Squall was compared in the Ian Nathan book to a precursor to Good Year of, like, Ridley Scott attempting very hard not to be Ridley Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I would say one of these movies today is Ridley Scott attempting very hard to be Ridley Scott, and one of these movies is not Ridley Scott.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if one of them... Like this, it's almost as if the next film is almost a reaction to the previous
0: film. He's like, oh, you don't
1: like Ridley Scott? Well, let me see. Let's see how un-Ridley I can be.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so where we last left off with Ridley was a career high point, I would say. 1991's Thelma and Louise. And hmm, um, yeah, I'd say so. I would say so. Yeah, or at least at this point, since we've gotten to know Ridley. And Thelma and leaves, of course, premiered May 20th, 1991 at the Cannes Film Festival. But really, Scott had more on his mind at that Cannes Film Festival than just his nervous premiere of his uh, soon-to-be talking point among the right the left men and women. Across the United States, a lot of very freaked out, a lot of very freaked out middle-aged men. Yeah, uh, a movie that would inspire
1: uh, uh, many a bowling dad to start that like... that group from married with children the, the no yeah. Mams or whatever what's the name of that like oh i,
0: I mean we yeah we, uh, we could venture a guess with no actual factual knowledge that there are multiple <laughs> jokes on married with children about al bundy telling peg bundy you're not gonna go all film and louise on me here are you please don't go dumb
1: and louise on me please <laughs>
0: And that, not just married with children. I think almost every single sitcom that came out in the year, like let's say 91-92 yeah. probably contained one of those jokes.
1: There's probably one in, like, yeah, The Simpsons. There's probably one in, like, uh, Wings. Probably All the way to, like,
0: King of Queens. Kevin James telling his wife that.
1: I would not be surprised. I actually, you know what? This is the Patrick Challenge. The Patrick I'm gonna put chance. this is the Patrick Challenge. I bet twenty dollars. Oh wait, if anyone if anyone watches uh Last Man Standing, I bet like in twenty dollars there is a joke in Last Man Standing. If you can prove or disprove, uh, there is a Thelma and Louise joke in Last Man Standing, the Tim
0: Allen vehicle. Uh contact us on Twitter at the Acadacad or at email the Academy Academy Podcast at gmail.com and let us know if you are part of that really, I mean, imagine a huge group. Uh, that crossover group that listens to our show, watches Last Man Standing, and also is like savvy enough about Last Man Standing to understand a Thelma and Louise joke that it may have occurred once in like eight seasons of that show. Wow! It's like, there's probably two people. We'd like to get to know you,
2: anyway. Yeah. Before
0: I jump to the uh, narrative of today's show, we should tell you what movies we are watched for today's show. Mm-hmm. Two from Ridley Scott, two that take place in the high seas, 1992's 1492 Conquest of Paradise, and 1996's White Squall. Um, these two not generally remembered as key Ridley Scott mm-hmm. movies. Um, the one we were talking about dusting out of our grandparents' attic was is, of course, 1492, which as the years have progressed and... People have been a little bit more savvy about history, and the mainstream media um, has become, we we'll call it like it is, kind of a dated relic.
1: Yeah, it is. it does have the vibe of, like, you go into an Airbnb owned by someone who's, like, over 50, and this is, like, one of the three DVDs they own. Inevitably, yeah. it's, like, the firm, uh, Christopher Columbus, the Discovery, and Bicentennial Man. And yeah.
2: you're like, huh.
1: Huh. This, this is what they. These are the three movies that, uh, that
0: uh, guess we're comprise doing the, their worldview. Guess we're doing the firm again, and then um, White Squall, which I'd probably put in the mix with Someone to Watch Over Me as an utterly just uh, unknown, frankly, yeah. except for the fact that apparently, and when you watch it, it you can see it, sort of. It has been embraced by the QAnon community. Unbeknownst yeah. to Ridley Scott, on down with everyone involved in this movie.
1: <laughs> um, it's almost as if everyone in QAnon's only seen the fucking trailer <laughs> on
0: YouTube. Well,
1: yeah, because
0: yeah. um, you know, because if they chose to watch the film, they would not find anything about like disruption or um, the deep state, and what they'd really find is kind of a milk toast variation on Dead Poets Society. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> with a exactly. really, really. Th- thrilling boat crash sequence um, yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean if anything it's an affirmation of the deep state like i don't know like like the like vietnam the vietnam war is so- okay spoilers i, I you know do i even want to you know i'll just say it.
0: okay we'll, gonna, we'll save it we'll save it we'll save it we're gonna spoil both movies <laughs> if we can spoil the christopher columbus story for you yeah Ooh. <laughs> sorry guys how that <laughs> movie ends yeah we know the ending um, of that one 1492 Conquest of Paradise currently streaming on Amazon Prime if you hmm. have the guts and the courage to sit down for two hours and 40 minutes and watch this movie. I think <laughs> it's also one of the
1: only, like, movies that's, like, legally, like, you can watch it in its entirety on YouTube for free legally, it, it's which is kinda,
0: weird. Yeah, it's kind of just around. Um
1: yeah. Relatively
0: easy to find. White Squall uh, required, um, I rented it. I believe yeah. three dollars and ninety-nine cents off of Amazon.com or Amazon Prime. Uh, you, you do the same? Yeah, it's it's like three dollars. That's fair. It's like um, not the, yeah. In terms of physical media, I know that the Kino Lorber 1492 just went out of print. Um Huh. God only knows That's... if that will ever return in any way, shape, or form to physical media. Um, but and then white squall is available um pretty much all formats i believe yeah it is a kino lorber uh disc as well they do a good job uh kino lorber studio classics i I own quite a few myself neither of those two movies though (laughs) anyway (laughs) unlike a few i mean i you know hell i added black rain to my collection but, yeah, and there's like
1: hey, you know what? I can say this about both these movies, they have moments.
0: So I got a question for you that we can talk about. Um and this is all um alleged and guesses based <laughs> on no interviews and no actual facts. Oh, uh, no. Really Scott's politics and how do they mm. infiltrate his cinema? Obviously both White Squall, not as much but 1492 certainly their opinion, you know, everyone Everyone has thoughts on this story, and Ridley Scott's presentation of 1492: Conquest of Paradise is um, fascinating in the fact that he is almost apolitical. In his, he's attempting to be apolitical with it. Is it possible to not to be apolitical in this story? I don't know. We can get into it. Yeah, um... it's
1: it's, it's rough. It's rough. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, like, yeah, Yeah. you get the sense that Ridley Scott is not, like, and we've, I feel like we've alluded to this, and it's been alluded to in, like, you know, previous texts we've read on these subjects and films that we've watched about with uh, Scott involved. Uh, He's not, like, super, he doesn't feel super introspective all the time it feels he feels yeah. like a guy who's, who's much like Thelma and Louise he's just driving forward and not a got, lot of-
0: he does not like to be told what to do he is a individualist he he yeah. like and that I think like going back to even Black Rain I mean and Officer Nick running roughshod all over Japan <laughs> you know and nobody telling him what you know he has a streak of that Delmon Lewis, yeah, frankly, he's, are... yeah,
1: he's very like a "fuck you." I'm gonna do whatever I want.
0: Yeah, and I know yeah. that a lot of people even said with 1492, what kind of brought him into it was he felt Christopher Columbus was a film director, and being <laughs> told not to, not to make not to follow his dreams, basically. That is it, that's Joker fine. <laughs> it it well, it's um. You know, I, I don't actually... It's removed. And I guess this yeah. kind of gets to the question of, like, is every, should everything have meaning and say something about um, it? And I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't think so either. I think that we need... um We need entertainments just as much as we need attempts to, like, say something.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know. I think, like, the... Um they Entertainment's important, obviously. And I think, like... you, If you... There is, like... I think there's a risk of losing... Your base. Like, if you're trying to convince someone of something... Uh, being overly didactic... And... To the point of pedantry, almost. Like, that could... That you're gonna lose people. You're not gonna like. Yeah. You're not gonna convince people that way. Like and that uh, has changed yeah.
0: anyone's minds whatsoever. You're only gonna have people who already agree with you patting themselves on the back for feeling awesome that they watch something that makes them feel smart.
2: Or yeah, correct.
0: Yeah. Or like we we're getting at correct.
1: Yeah, and look, like, I love a communal circle jerk as much as the next guy, but like, yeah, I don't know if the effects. Yeah, I don't know the efficacy of it. Uh, no, yeah, I think like, I think like. <laughs>
0: being subversive and infiltrating ideas into something Mm -hmm. makes it so much more interesting because you feel a little hoodwinked but at the same time you feel like wow that was kind of cool that they like you know made this movie that's actually like very like socialist screed but it's like in the in the guise of like a bank robbery movie or something like that you know i think that that's so much more fun to watch something like that like alien for instance is such a great um conversation about the working class yeah but it's also a rad sci-fi movie of that about them doing battle with an unstoppable alien
1: yeah yeah it's and it's also one of those movies that like it makes
0: you you have to think about it a little bit you have to like it's like um our man jc james cameron and how he infiltrates all sorts of interesting politics into the most mainstream possible entertainments there are
2: mm-hmm.
0: in so many know. of his movies. And that's awesome. That's what you should be doing. Because it gets so boring when it's just about like there is no subtext. There's just text.
1: Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's like that's kind of when you lose me and when you lose a lot of people for the most yeah, part. Yeah. I think so a- too. Yeah.
0: I think you could be surprised. Like, I think like um you know a recent example i think get out did an amazing job of balancing text and subtext because it was like still an entertaining movie you wanted him to get out you yeah. know it was like, you, know,
2: <laughs> you like, hoped he got out you hoped he got out it was <laughs> like you're
0: invested in this character and i think that like that actor daniel kalua is so gifted and i think because i was thinking about like his performance in nope and this will come back to 1492 because there's a key player in Nope who's also in the film 1492. Oh. <laughs> but, so, yeah, he's great. But I think, like, Daniel Kaluuya in Nope is so great because it's, like, there's so many ideas and so much being presented in Nope, but, like, at the end of the day, he's like, this is a stand-up heroic character who you want to see get the job done and take care of business and fight these aliens. And that is good stuff. Like, it's still a thrilling movie. You care about him. And you care about yes. their mission at hand. You know, and I think um, it's a um, it's an extraordinary movie, but we're, this is not a Nope podcast. <laughs> no, and
1: hey, man, we should. Do, oh, God. At some point, we should do like a like our current favorite movies of the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do a little like update episode because, yeah, the, Nope is a movie that is very interesting to me. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, in that I bill.
0: think we'll talk about it toward the end of the year because I, I have a feeling it's going to be hanging around my top ten. As the year progresses, but hey, you know we got a lot of movies to see, and I'm on the yeah. shelf right now for leaving the house. I'm just—I'm so, very uh, sad. Jackass S- just left
1: my Jackass just left my top ten. Very sad. Uh, I'm sorry I to hear
0: that. There. But i might have to, to rewatch it and give it a five star <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: five stars. <laughs> keep,
0: keep it in there, ten <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Good, great. But um, back to the year 1991, the Cannes mm-hmm. Film Festival. Yes. Really, Scott is in the process. Of not only premiering a new film, but he's trying to drum up international co-funding for a massive film, and that is, of course, his Christopher Columbus picture, 1492: Conquest of Paradise. Mm-hmm. This one um, was coinciding, of course. This came out in 1992. The um, there was a race to get it out by the 500th anniversary of Columbus's voyage. Um, The fascinating thing kind of cut to, uh, we had a very deep impact Armageddon situation, Dante's peak, um, Volcano LA situation happening here.
2: Mm. There was a rival
0: picture, Christopher Columbus, the discovery uh, directed by John Glenn, uh, which ended up coming out two months before 1492. Uh, Ridley was aware of it. there was nearly a lawsuit against Ridley and his team from the um, Christopher Columbus discovery team. but Ridley decided to put that movie out of mind out of sight and just focus on his his movie the it, this this one's kind of like there's so many ups and downs to the, this one um, but basically <laughs> he like had to string together a bunch of money and what it turned out to be, You know, he got money from Spain, France, the U.S., all over the place to put this one together. A massive and kind of an early example of the international co-production. What ended up being a $59 million budget for this film, Uh, most expensive film on Ridley Scott's resume thus far. And um, I got to say, before we get too deep into it, uh, the money's there. You can see it. <laughs> like, it
1: looks. Uh, it
0: looks. They damn in a good money. Way. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's like it's so many. Like you'll watch so many movies uh, nowadays too, especially where like it costs one hundred and twenty million dollars to make, and it it just feels like everything's done on a green screen. Yes, and it cheapens the whole. Like you'll watch like Thor: Love and Thunder, and it's like the CGI somehow looks worse than CGI from two thousand five, and yet this costs like two hundred million dollars to make. It's but this really,
0: movie, yeah, really. Strange. Interesting, yeah, because I just watched the effects reel for the new Park Chen Wook movie *Decision to Leave*, which is not like a—it's not Thor, it's not no Black Adam, but yet, it, but it's like there's so much like CGI and shit like that, and it's just like you know, it's good sending some asshole to the jungle with swords. <laughs> Yes. Film them and see what happens. Commission a boat, damn it! Yeah, Yeah, like which is exactly he commissioned full size replicas of two out of the three damn boats. That that rules. That's good. Rules.
2: Yes. Like more of that.
0: How movies should be because like there is this like like tangible like substance feeling to them when you see like the struggle. That seems kind of real, but like there's not a lot of perform performance. Needs to go into like blasting Gerard Depardieu with a fake hurricane in this house. It's <laughs> like Yeah, it sucks
1: getting blasted with water. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's very easy to recreate that feeling when you're going through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just it's re- and it's same with um the boys in the white squall. I mean, they're apparently in that water tank for four weeks filming that. The boat crash. Oh my god. Yeah. In Malta. Like, <laughs> like the wettest
1: people on earth.
0: <laughs> movie magic rules. And to quote Quentin Tarantino, um, it was either Tarantino or Paul Thomas Sanders and all that other stuff is fucking cheating. <laughs> and you know, let's go to the woods. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't look good to you. The sheen of this movie is top of the line, despite really Scott overusing the Zolly shot in this movie.
2: Mm, at yeah. a surprising
0: it's, level it's a, yeah, a lot of that
1: a, a lot of dutch angles too a lot of like he's always askew this is a very askew feel film
0: it is <laughs> and so so basically how really scott got involved is that he really wanted to go back home to his wheelhouse that duelist's place he liked the historical satisfactions <laughs> of going back <laughs> in time
1: what was that? The, there was a f- term he had for it. What was that? Uh, like uh, the like the the machine of ah, the engine of
0: man or something. What was that term? The um, the big picture of human progress, something like. Oh, I want to show who this man was. kind of genius? Um, yeah, I'm digging through the book as we're talking about this. Sorry, y'all, but in no, essence, you're good. Yes, um, and. You know, he sees himself, I think, as one of these explorers, one of these, um, you know, in the same vein, these mm-hmm. explore, you know, it's like, yeah, he feels like an astronaut or something. He says yes, it's like
1: that, like that similar, which is
0: interesting. Like, it's like, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of go, it does go along with the fact that he's not necessarily thinking about anything unless it's about a man. Who has a dream, who has described what they want to see. No one believes in them. And fuck you, I'm doing it anyway.
1: Yeah, he loves the that Fitzcarraldo.
0: His... Yeah. Except for her, Herzog would have understood this story. Yes. Like, this is uh, comp number one. We'll go with Fitzcarraldo, but in particular, Gary the Riff God. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, see, like, here's the thing Ridley Scott's, like sees Fitzcarraldo and he's like, oh man, I hope he makes it. I hope. Like he's just—he wants that guy to go across and make his opera house. He doesn't. And I don't think...
0: the, and he would have made it this beautiful thing. Whereas, yeah, Werner Herzog, his movies are about dreamers and about people who want to accomplish the impossible. But he is about the futility of the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible for a reason, buddy. Ver, I, Werner Herzog. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> Werner Herzog would have understood this story. Um, yeah. And Aguirre, the Wrath of God. No offense to Ridley. Is a better movie than this movie is. Ah, uh, man, yeah, There's you heard lot it here more first. To say about obsession. Um,
2: yeah, for bringing and the heat.
0: I think that the the, the biggest flaw to, to me in this movie is actually the. Um... really Scott does not understand the negative side, of obsession, the hubris of it, and zealotry.
2: Yes, uh, and I don't think it,
0: it came until later films in particular the two new aliens and counselor in which he's able to actually kind of dig into what playing God and what dreams and the, the downside of thinking you can get away with something.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's it's like one of those things that just for him, it just had to come with age. I
0: don't know. And who knows, who knows, but, um, but basically he, he met up with a screenwriter named Rosalind Bosch, who was given access to a lot of these archives and found different materials, things that had never been uncovered about the <clears> Christopher <throat> Columbus story. Though I don't even know how you can feel like you can be historically accurate with something that's like 500 years old. Like, Yeah. All of it seems like, outside of the broadest of strokes, like a real shot, like just throwing darts. Like what like like like, did he like to eat sandwiches? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) 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 Like did he invent the sandwich? (laughs) Who
2: knows?
1: (laughs) Maybe it should have been called a Columbus instead of a sandwich.
0: Would sandwiches be canceled now? (laughs) Um, oh, was, uh, i don't know I, yeah. don't like, I don't like to hear i don't even like to venture a guess it's
1: <laughs> okay. only lettuce wraps for this guy from here i'm, on gonna,
0: out. I'm gonna turn into one of these boomer comedians <laughs> cancel culture's gone way too far you're taking away my sandwiches <laughs> take it away bread <laughs> yeah. whatever happened to america when i could have a turkey and a ham and cheese <laughs> that's why i love michael clayton that one guy who makes the
1: bread he gets me
0: yeah I know. oh michael 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 they're gonna cancel me because i like bread <laughs> <laughs> that's what that movie oh, is man. about
2: <laughs>
0: yeah that movie's about cancel culture too these are michael clayton's regular tar anyway Oh man. yeah look, I looked, <laughs> wait 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 this movie was produced by prager university yeah i know oh my god <laughs> uh, so they need a hefty budget for this movie, but really, Scott, I, I do love the fact that he works with a lot of. Um, again, another example of him working with um, a key female collaborator. He is like pretty groovy, for being some cranky old guy about
2: I think he's like, working yeah. and
0: respecting and like enjoying the company of women. <laughs> and like there, there's
1: a, an e- there's an egalitarianness to his like individual he's kind of like hey if you can like keep up pace with me you're good to go yeah
0: like, it, yeah it's another yeah a, a prime example he doesn't really give a shit as long as you can like work yeah and like follow the dream and like just don't and don't stop him from following his dream and like what he's and don't stop him from working the man must work. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, he it, the, it, yeah, do N- thing. But it's so fascinating. But so basically they put the script together, you know, and they had huge amount huge amount of money for this for this job. Um and they're doing their their rivals are Alexandra and Ilya Salkind who produced the Superman in 1978. theirs was Christopher Columbus the discovery uh, theirs has got like Marlon Brando in it and Tom Selleck is in it. Um, but their downfall was that they cast an actor by the name of George Coroface as Christopher Columbus. Are you familiar with George Coroface? Not at all.
2: Okay. Not <laughs> so, nothing. <laughs> he's a Greek
0: actor. Um, and just not. Um, never broke through. Uh just never broke through Um, the only other movie I see that he was in that I'm kind of hip to was um, Escape from L.A. (laughs) Which, which
1: oh yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I did. I you know like maybe like a week or two weeks ago, I was looking at because like I not gonna lie, I almost I was so morbidly curious about this movie that I I almost watched it. But then I was oh, like, wow. man, now it know, looks it, it, yeah. yeah. That's as I was say. At the very end, I kind of pulled the pulled the you know I I just I couldn't do it. I was like, this but movie it, does not look good.
0: <laughs> interesting. Long story short. Um, interesting kind of. Structure not really, but kind of connection here is that David Lean, director of Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago, oh and wow, you name it. Um, one of the classic, classic directors of the Golden one of the, era, greats. Classic, one of the greats to yeah. do it. Um, he was trying, he had a dream project toward the end of his career that he was trying to launch in the 80s based on um Joseph Conrad's novel Joseph Conrad Heart of Darkness of course mm. uh Joseph Conrad's novel Nostromo mm. and of course the name of the ship an alien uh, uh. stromo was and I bought the book and I'm sorry folks I watched a documentary about the not making of this movie that was fascinating and I bought the book afterwards and I Proceed is proceeded to sit on my bookshelf for two and a half years without being read. Um, but George Coriface was supposed to be the lead of David Lean's Mistromo movie, oh, and it sad. was going to, in his mind, this was going to be the one to. So he was bubbling as a, as um, as kind of a possibility. He's uh, kind of like yeah.
1: There's so many of these actors, like, uh, man, who is the guy who started in The Spanish Prisoner? Uh, uh, Campbell Scott. Yeah. He's like
0: also Campbell's- George C. Scott's son, so he's, and, uh, you know, he did, but yeah, like, he wasn't, like, um really good actor, but not a, like, he was in Dying Young with Julia Roberts and um, Singles. Yeah, Chrome. But,
1: but it's like, yeah, there's so many like we talk about this so much. It's like a recurring theme on the show where we have these actors that bubble and they're kind of almost at the cusp of achieving fame, but they just can't for whatever reason. It like everything conspires against them.
0: <laughs> and it, it <laughs> is it, it is <laughs> but it is luck. And we're gonna talk about that actually a lot more in the next step or the next movie with White Squall, because there's a whole batch <laughs> of actors in White Squall. Who are all in that same place? Oh, Almost man. every actor in White Squall, aside of its lead car- lead actor, who by comparison like shows you what a star is. <laughs> like, if Jen is making faces on the Zoom and it is distracting me from the narrative, <laughs> <laughs> Jen, let us talk about White Squall.
2: <laughs> we're, we're talking about
0: heavy topics, Christopher
2: Columbus. <laughs>
0: Jen just said he's a monster
2: and speaking
0: of monsters though but monsters who have undeniable um personality and like wow I want to watch them brings us to our lead actor in this movie Gerard Depardieu
2: yes now yes
0: Gerard Depardieu is an interesting case he is I think he is like undeniable charisma. He is like yes. it's like infinitely watchable. In especially as a younger guy like he's obviously his um his later years have been filled with you know he uh, we don't necessarily need to get all the way into it because there's a lot and it sounds like he, it, this is not new there is an interview with him that in the 70s where he's like bragging about really really nasty bad behavior that he <laughs> then when he brought him over to the US in the 90s he had to like backtrack on and say it was a bad translation
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Andy on now. but i think the interesting thing about him is is that like basically you know, he's this wild child who somehow from a from fr- French wild child who somehow ends up as this like actor and because he's so wild and so cr- and he's got so much, like he's so big and so like he just has this energy about him, this like bull in a china shop energy.
1: Yeah, he's very that, like a yeah, Gallic Shrek. Like, very like, there's just a, he, there's something uh, like, of another time about him that's yeah, very such insane.
0: A, he's such a, he ends up, I mean, you name it. He's He's been in like 250 movies since 1967. He's mm-hmm. worked with Jean Luc Godard, Francois Truffaut, Maury Pilate, Alain mm-hmm. Renat, Claude Chabrol, Ridley Scott, Bernardo Bertolucci. Down the line.
2: Yeah, Peter Weir. Wow. Like a
0: Peter lot Weir. Of the... Yeah. Yeah. Peter, yeah. And just movie after movie. And Ang Lee, he was in Life of Pi. I oh, remember.
1: yeah. He's the evil Frenchman in Life of
0: Pi. He just plays himself in that movie. He, So he is. So when I was a kid, uh, mm-hmm. he showed up in the early 90s because he got nominated for Best Actor at the Academy Awards for a version of Serrano de Bergerac in 1990. Oh
1: interesting and
0: we're like who is this guy and then he's in all sorts of american movies he like crossed him over green card peter weir um my father the hero which is has the still to this day referenced among my friends i'm dying now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're dying now yeah and um and 1492 and he's continued i mean he's in the man in the iron mask Leonardo DiCaprio he's in Kenneth Brano's version of that super long uncut version of Hamlet that oh, Branagh did that's a good Hamlet um, but so like he was like in the public conscious and i remember in french class in high school they show like when you had nothing to do you show a movie in foreign la- in foreign language class i don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that oh uh, yeah oh for sure
1: like yeah <laughs> i, I so, definitely know
0: that gerard de like a non-stop fixture in my french class <laughs> because <Yeah>. of this <laughs> to the point where like every like like sketch we had to write in french to perform in front of the class um we made him a character one of us played him <laughs> like <laughs> we were so like fascinated by him but then like when i got into college and we started watching international movies And in particular i'm pretty like known among my friends is like french movies are my favorite international mm-hmm. movies I and then to see him young like in the 70s and 80s you're like oh my god this is why this guy is everywhere <laughs> like this guy is a furious talent and he's like so unhinged and he's so like like, bubbling at the surface of, like, raw, and then you find out it's probably because it's all real.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, he has, like, there's, like, a specificity to him that so many actors, even at that era, just did not have. Like, his face is, like, textured. He just, he has, yeah, there is He's, like, like,
0: he's not handsome, but because he's so weird and confident and from, like, otherworldly, he becomes, like, this, like, passionate man. Yeah,
1: exactly! Like, Sigourney
0: Weaver's, like, definitely hot and bothered for him in this movie yes
1: he's like a weird hunk to sigourney weaver
0: yeah and so if you guys want listeners you want some gerard depardieu young picks here we go i'm gonna rattle them off like a goddamn gatling gun (laughs) depar picks Yep. depar picks um (laughs) the woman next door francois truffaut movie from the early 80s it is one of 1981 it's a classical french movie about a um couple that starts cheating um leading to dire consequences. It's it's so French, it hurts. It's great.
2: <laughs> Put that on the box.
0: Put it on the box.
2: It's I'm so French it. It hurts. It's, it's a
0: lesser-known Truffaut movie, but I have it in my near the top of my list. And I can also the Richard Linklater is a big fan of that movie. Um, the next ones that I super recommend, these ones I recommend the most out of any Ooh. of these. they are three from Maurice Pilat, and i I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I've never. I should look it up because I love his movies. Uh, the first one, and my favorite out of the group, is Police. The Safety brothers have seen this movie. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, Gerard, oh, Depardieu, no. Gerard Depardieu is a cop on the edge who gets involved in all. He is barely legal. It is rough, raw. It is. When, when was it released? It. Um, God, it was it's another 80s movie um I can
1: because that, feel, that feels ahead of its time I feel like, like yeah
0: so it came out in 85 and Wow, it,
1: okay yeah
0: it is awesome every time I get the chance to see it I've seen it three or four times uh it's so good and if you like like the uncut gem style stuff if you like kind of the rough hard edged street level crimes like abel for if you like april ferrara you will love this movie uh lulu from 1980 True. a crazy lovers movie with him and isabel huper it it's dark it's twisted it's probably not pc in any sense
2: <laughs> Worth,
0: <laughs> definitely worthwhile and then um the wonderfully titled under the Son of satan Oh wow. Gerard Depardieu plays a priest who's trying to rescue a young woman who might be possessed. Uh, from 1987. Um tormented young priest's spiritual gifts, but agonizes of what he can do in a world under the grip of evil.
2: Ooh, we might pom- have to do a, a Pondor on. in
0: 1987. These are difficult movies, all of the ones I just mentioned, they all are great. And they all make you wonder about my- like <laughs> Like, I know he's a creep, but man, Jared de Perdue, he was exciting, too. So um, Yeah,
1: I mean, it might be fun to do a
0: one-off on this guy. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't man, be interested. Like, I would rather Maybe. do like a Pilate one-off just to make you watch all of these movies and see how you feel about these. He's considered the, um, he's also considered, Pilate is considered the French John Cassavetes, if that helps. Uh- as well oh
1: that's interesting and i can Uh, imagine like yeah that's i feel like that's gonna be more intense than regular cassavetes too well
0: there's yeah and like um the non-departure ones he's got this movie about this couple breaking up with an another awesome title we won't grow old together Ooh, that's good <laughs> yeah it's good stuff <laughs> yeah it's sad and good i like yes. it yeah
1: yeah i feel bad hearing that title
0: <laughs> so those are all great movies he's a fascinating guy i was watching his performance so apparently he didn't speak a lick of english when uh oh, that's so funny. They cast him in this and you kind of get those vibes i like his energy though in this movie like i think that he's right yeah he's, i think I, you know he's not italian you know that is what it is, but I think he's right because I think you have he's got like that crazy eye to him where yeah. he's like, "I'm doing this, I'm doing this." You
1: know? Like I said, like I love the scene where like, and I said this in the our our Thelma Louise episode. I think the the when he's like talking to like all the monks, like I think he's just been banished for the first time or whatever. And all the mo- or it's like when the Salamanca, the University of Salamanca was like just totally dis- uh, disbelieved everything he brought to the table. And he sees all these monks reading and he's just like, these books don't mean anything. They're full of assumptions. And he just starts like throwing books. I don't know, like, it's yeah, you,
0: know, you know, actually, what, you know, who kind of reminds me of a bit is, um, although I think um, this performance is better is Willem Dafoe in The Last Temptation of Christ.
1: Yes. That is actually yeah, when he's in the market and he's like yeah. don't do this. Don't yeah. yeah I, I think
0: Defoe's better. Yeah, oh, I think it's a language. The language. Yeah. The, the language barrier of the script, you name it, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like yeah. I feel like yeah. Here's what D- else. Defoe like, for... could have
0: done. Defoe could have done this part. Oh, yeah. That, I don't think number it was one... big enough star. I think the international co-production part of it was a big big reason why um um was a big reason why Dave Pardu was cast too, yes. because if French movies going French money is going into this. We're going to get the biggest French dude to be in this movie. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's telling
1: that this movie did way better like in Europe than it
2: did As, in America. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk
0: about Ridley Scott's wonderful quote about the Rubes in the United States not understanding this movie. The motherfucking <laughs> chuckleheads. <laughs> uh, but the movie kind of is split into pretty distinct portions there's the pre-voyage there's the voyage then there's all of the new world stuff um Mm -hmm. Sigourney Weaver plays Queen Isabella who kind of who gives um the green light to uh Columbus to make the voyage a last minute replacement for Angelica Houston um but Sigourney's having a lot of fun with this she's kind of like a trickster energy
2: She's, yeah,
1: she's having, she's always has, like, a devilish, like, wry smile about her. She's having, like, I wouldn't have hated uh, Angelica uh, Houston no. in the role, don't get me wrong, but, like, Sigourney brings her own f- fun energy. She was, yeah. like, I feel like she's, like, way more fun than Houston would. I feel like Houston <gasps> would have gone, like, a more regal route.
0: Yeah, I think, like, Sigourney realized this movie was a little dour and needed to, um, they could, they could have some fun. Like, the best I can to have some fun with this. I think um, I think a lot of the supporting players actually realize that. Because, like, Armando Sante, who plays... um Oh, what the heck is his name?
2: Uh, <laughs> like, is uh, he, like, the main baddie?
0: San- Sanchez. So he is the baddie in the first and third acts of the movie. The second act baddie belongs to... And we'll just get to him, because I think he's the MVP of the movie. Michael Wincott. Ooh, a king. Uh, absolute king. It was so good to see him. A favorite. When I was a kid, when this guy would show up in movies like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or um The Crow, or you know, always a baddie. Always, you know, can't help. Well, it, so. he has a baddie voice. He suffers he's from baddie a, voice. He's got a baddie voice. But yeah, every time, like I mean, I remember like my brother and I and my cousin and all of us like watching him in all these movies and being like, I like that. Guy. I know he's a baddie, but I like that guy. Like, oh, I know he's, so he's bringing cool. the goods mm-hmm. to everything he is. And that gets us back to Nope because Jordan Peele, who's only a couple years older than me, was watching the same damn movies and brings Michael Wincott back Ooh. for Nope. And does he kill it in Nope? Absolutely he does. He's great I, in it. I want the Wincott
1: It's time. Like, he's been out in the boonies for a little yeah. bit. Bring him well, back to the movies. I think, the it's
0: movies. Like, I think like, it, like, there's a lot of filmmakers around my age. Who are getting some power in mm-hmm. Hollywood, who probably watch the same videos. <laughs> we all watch the same videos growing up. It's yeah. like we love this guy. He's so good as the baddie in this. He's the only one who really, I think, feels like a he feels like the kind of guy who was there. Like the way he treats all of the indigenous people, the way he's arrogant, the way he's violent and cruel.
1: yeah it is like
0: like, there's a part of me it's like he should have played christopher columbus oh my god he wasn't a big enough star but he
1: understands
0: the assignment assignment, and he understands kind of the the grim history of what's being presented here
2: it
1: is like like weirdly like there is like a a a weird irony to the fact that like because like when you look at his like costume design and his setup compared to everyone else he looks like he's like the villain in Legend or something he looks like he's supposed to be like the devil's like number two guy he's like he's all in black he has this long black hair he's got
0: like like, these cool spurs on his boots like yeah Yeah. it's a very comic book villain
1: yeah, it's very, like, fantasy, but, like, yeah, but even, like, in spite of that, yeah, he does come off as the most realistic
2: <laughs> fiction of, like, well, which is crazy. Also,
0: to the point at the end in which he, like, turns on Columbus and they have this, this battle, I had no idea who are the good guys, who are the bad guys, who's, do- like, is, who, what sides are anyone on? Yeah, what is it, what happening? What? Yeah, no, it looked great <laughs> in, like, a very Ridley Scott way, it looked great. But, like, no clue what was going on. And we should also mention his number two, with hair, it took me an hour to realize who it was, is Arnold Vuslu from The Damn Mummy. (laughs) Yeah, he's another great –
1: see, that's another guy who needs a – we need a Vuslu,
0: sons. We need another one. We should mention all sorts of really good actors beyond the people we met. Uh, Angela Angela Molina, Fernando Ray, um, Techie Cairo, Kevin Dunn. is Heavity, in the mix yeah. uh Mark Margolis it's, Frank Langella man. I mean there's a lot John Heffernan there's a lot of really good actors in this movie yep, for sure
1: yeah it's so nice seeing uh, I love uh Tejiro like that's an actor who like it sucks I feel like he's never in
0: like great movies we'll see we will be seeing him again
2: oh.
0: in very a few weeks oh. uh as part of um he returns. Spoiler to you, spoiler to the audience. In the Visionary Alliance subseries, he's the bad guy in Bad Boys. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I've ne- God. can I is this embarrassing to admit? I've never watched Bad Boys. No, we'll talk we'll talk about it. we'll talk about like it. Said. Bad Boys was a huge talk about a video a huge video for my friends
1: and i see for me my teacher Cairo. it's kiss of the dragon Mm. he's so like he's so much fun like if we're bringing you know the subject of the french and lupus yeah he's like
0: well yeah and he yeah and he is in all right he's in the return of martin guerre with gerard Depardieu, a movie i definitely watched in french class in high school (laughs) Um, but two um two french picks from him i I'll fire these out like a Gatling gun for you. La rock from Andre Zulawski, who directed Possession. Another one of his crazy ass movies. He rocks. And then a terrific Eric Romer movie, Full Moon in Paris, that I really recommend from 1984. He's in both of those. Uh, 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 He's in a movie. I don't.
1: I don't recommend the core. He's he's good. It's Serge. Oh, Serge!
0: Serge! When he does, you're like Serge. No, Serge. No, Serge. So this production, um, was not that fraught for the most nice. part. They took care of business in classic Ridley Scott kind of way. The movie, the it comes out two months after Christopher Columbus' discovery, which is an utter bomb at the box office christopher columbus discovery 45 million dollar budget 8.2 million at the box office Ooh. yikes yikes So-yikes. um yeah. george Corface's career in the u.s is over director john glenn who directed a bunch of the 80s uh, timothy dalton bond movies
2: ah. is
0: uh pretty much done after oh, that said, yeah. yeah yeah he's 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 done he's 90 though he's still alive good for him
1: ah, uh, you have another one uh, in oh, you, buddy come on glenn
0: timothy dalton was supposed to play columbus 2 up until the last minute in that one
1: he was like oh, this, uh
0: this yeah, i'm good know, i'm I fine think, sinking <laughs> unlike the nina the pinta nor or the santa maria this is sinking ship
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you
0: know? I, I thought yeah i thought you guys were making a movie at
1: columbus not the freaking titanic
0: yeah, and so, um, oh, we should note, um, in post-production, Ebert didn't like it. I liked Van Gellis' score. I thought it added a little pomp and circumstance to the entire uh, procedure.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to have a movie, like, about this subject, like, it needs to be, like, larger than <laughs> life. It gotta shouldn't get, be You like, got to yeah. get
0: a little rousing, even if the movie should not be rousing, by any means. Um, no. This one. We're kind of going to back end this. We don't usually do it this way, but we'll kind of back end it from reception back to our thoughts and a little bit more on that. Um, 1492 opened in the United States October 9th, 1992. Um, The version released was edited to the version that's out there, 150 minutes. Apparently, uh, Ridley had a full scale three hour R rated version of this movie oh wow. with basically more violence uh, and brutality i think um and really scott has said not all movies need to be shorter um i think he might be right uh, not I'm, that i want to see it but i think he might be right on this I, one
1: yeah i'm like yeah i feel like there's like moments where he verges you get a sense that like really scott is at least verging on getting it and i wonder if like the three-hour version
0: kind of and we'll talk about it when we get yeah. to Kingdom Kingdom of Heaven, which I think is actually a good comp for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Kingdom of Heaven, I've never seen this Kingdom of Heaven director's cut. I'm going to watch it, which is apparently way better than the theatrical Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that scene and was in one ear out the other when I saw it.
1: You know, yeah, I de- I de- I'm 100% going to do the same thing, too, because I've yeah. heard the same thing. Yeah, because it's like I, there's so many movies where like... Um, I'm fine with watching the, but like, yeah, with Kingdom of Heaven, it's so obvious that that, like, improves the experience. Like, it almost feels yeah. pointless watching the theatrical cut.
0: Yeah, and this one has was such a flop. There's been no um, even moves at all for a director's cut. I don't think anybody even really wants to go near this one with a 10-foot pole at this point. Yeah. Um, total flop in the U.S. as well as its predecessor, the Discovery. Uh, number seven. The box office worse opening than discovery went on to gross just seven million Ooh, um, but in the rest of the world uh gross 47 million dollars so not as bad all things considered uh to a total of 59 million overall with <laughs> Scott taking it home, uh, blames the movie's failure on Americans not understanding European accents. His quote, <laughs> they don't hear sh- mean- they don't hear shit unless it's from Texas or America, right? It's one of my favorite films. What's interesting, they didn't know how to release it in America, but in Europe it clocked 57 million. <laughs> Thanks, Ridley.
2: I love it. Ridley, you <laughs> I love
0: that all of his flops are his favorites. That <laughs> yes. is so... He is a... I love Listen. his. I love his tunnel vision on all this. Yes, stuff. not. You're right, man. He only sees the task at hand. He's only working within his realm. He's not thinking of anything else. Like he's not thinking outside, like outside world. He's not mm-hmm. thinking of any implications at all. He is just thinking about. Okay, I have 1492. Christopher Columbus story. This is how I see it. This is how I'm presenting it fuck you. And it's <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. And yeah, it's perfect. I got it fucking right. Gerard yeah.
1: Depardieu, excellent. He, he his, his voice perfect.
0: Yeah. And so, um the film received mixed to negative reviews from critics. Uh 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Eh. Uh critical consensus is historically inaccurate and dramatically inert. Barely Scott's retelling of Christopher Columbus's exploits is an epic without grandeur or insight. Woof. Oof. I mean, look. Ebert, have... Ebert said it was satisfactory. De lends a great lends a gravity. Sporting performances are convincing. Locations are realistic, and we are inspired to reflect that it indeed take a certain nerve to sail off into nowhere just because an orange was round. Ebert.
2: Oh, I, I I I'm
0: I'm on board with a lot of what he, of that yeah. his oh, his lukewarm comments on this movie. I I,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I I totally forgot about the orange scene too. That is like a wild that Apparently, intro. Apparently, Ebert
0: says it, in the discovery it's an apple, and Ebert's like, "I'm just waiting for the version with a fucking potato." Because Ebert's really funny. <laughs> Dude, <you know>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we talked about this a little bit over text. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, and and the critical consensus going against the grandeur of it, I disagree. I think the grandeur is there. Yes. I think that um, I do think it's kind of dramatically inert. I will give it that. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think
0: that they did not know what to do with the character Christopher Columbus. And it's not Gerard Depardieu's fault they did not know what to do with the character Christopher Columbus.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's genu- genuinely one of those moments where, like, it's... It's a character that, like, hmm, it's like, what, the centennial, like, you know, it's a big moment in history, so they probably don't want to portray Columbus as totally evil or whatever.
0: And I think and th- that this yeah. almost lines up with the beginnings of true commentary on ooh, this guy okay yeah he bumped into some he was a european who bumped he was the first european to bump into some caribbean islands yeah beyond that he there's a true darkness to pretty much everything he else he did if not everything else he did
1: yeah like a hundred percent well and it's and they get it's tough i think it is like one of those things where they just don't like yeah, I think what you said earlier, if they had like molded the Michael um, Wincott character, if Michael Wincott had been Columbus, had they like molded that story and or those with, two arcs into one character?
0: To, and to really discuss the hubris of it all and the darkness of it all. And, you know, we exchanged texts about, um, you know, we can go through a few examples. Obviously, the Werner Herzog movies kind of hit this on the head. I think, um, Mel Gibson's apocalypto
2: alludes to this in a much better way.
0: And I also think, going back to the violence, um, I think that trying to tame this down and make this a PG-13 story is, you need to go the full Cormac McCarthy here. You need to show that you need to really, if you really want to show what happened, and it sucks, it's gross. You don't want to see it. (laughs) But to be fair, you have to do it.
1: You gotta do, yeah, you gotta go full blood meridian, man. Warts yeah. and all. Like, yeah, because this like is, yeah.
0: This story is blood meridian. This is, you know. Yeah. The grimness here needs to be if you want to be honest and you but and then no one wants to no one wants to spend a hundred million dollars to make that movie. So yeah, that's why they, I don't think this movie's ever happening again. <laughs> like a yeah, true version is, like, is never yeah. happening again. Because it's just which, uh,
1: honestly, I'm fine with that. We don't I don't know yeah. if I could, yeah, because, it, it could the, be because
0: it's a death march. There's nothing celebratory about this at Mm -hmm. all it's a death march
1: (laughs) well and uh, what's interesting too is there's like illusions like i do think he does like a good job in like that first like 30 minutes of like demonstrating that like yeah like the 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 old world isn't like as you know advanced as you would be led to believe like you know there's all these like focus on like He does, like, he he puts great care in demonstrating, like, the crucifixions and the burnings and, like, just, like, the carnage.
0: Yeah, and I think that in terms of exploration, a movie that is far better at discussing kind of the hubris and darkness of exploration is James Gray's Lost City of Z uh, from a few years ago. Man, that's a good movie. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. and and if, if our listeners have not seen that movie, excellent excellent movie. yeah and it's the dangers of overstepping and zealotry and i don't you know and I, a further film that i would recommend um that is even better from a similar time period than this is alex cox's film walker with ed harris which is a
2: Ooh, nasty
0: yeah. satirical critique of colonialism yeah, <laughs> and...
1: that, is a, yeah that is a good a good, mean, mean film movie and that the mean that everyone, in the the right way.
0: Everyone misunderstood at the time. But I can guarantee you, we went back to Safdie's haven't seen Police, guess you've seen Walker? Adam McKay has seen Walker. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, that, for sure. And that is the way to do this. You either go Cormac McCarthy route and it's a blood-soaked death march.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or you go the Walker route and you go a nasty satire. Yeah,
1: like a, yeah, just like a mean, mean, mean center for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, but
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, like it. It's just it's impossible to do this yep. in the way that really Scott did it, which was a sincere appreciation of a dreamer. That? yeah I mean,
1: that's, the, that's the problem is he like he sees himself in gerard de Pardue and then yeah. that's where the move that's when you lose the and, movie is when he to begins go back to, like, to what yeah. you
0: said he's not reflective enough to look at the big picture yeah and he just sees like man that's crazy that this guy crossed these oceans like and they thought they're gonna like fall off the map i want to see a movie in which they discover the world is flat and i want to see the special effect of a boat falling off the world that
1: would be sick. A, a do falling e- into eternity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I wanna see that. I don't even know yes. what movie that would be in, and I'm not supporting flat earth theory. I think that's stupid. But <laughs> I wanna see it. <laughs> yeah, I wanna
1: yes, I wanna see like I don't even know who you would get like Sean Claude Van Damme is Christopher Columbus. I don't know.
0: Well, I think you know, another guy who actually would have understood it, who is like we haven't gotten to him yet, but we're gonna Get dive deep with him. I think Russell Crowe would have understood it <laughs> too.
2: <laughs> just
1: like, oh, fuck, I was wrong. The world is flat. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: that would have been wild. Anyway, that's a total Marvel what if type
2: thing. Yeah.
0: Um, but overall, like, this movie's beautiful. It has a shot when she sees the new world for the first time, where like this fog clears and it's just this landscape of the jungle. It's breathtaking.
1: Yeah, it's one of those examples of, like, cinema done, right? Where, like, is this how, like, it would, like, 100% look in, like, reality? Probably not. But guess what? Movies exist so you yep. can show cooler versions of, like, real-life anomalies. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's
0: this thing I kind of, like, I don't know if anyone, like, I used to talk about it with Scorsese, which is, and we should mention our Scorsese theory in a sec, too, Patrick, that we talked mm-hmm. about over text. But, um, like, we watched Raging Bull. It's not, like, a realistic boxing movie but has this like, I used to call it like hyper real where it's so real. It becomes like dreamlike and fake. And it's just about like what movies can do to like, give you the feeling of getting punched or something like that. And like, of course it's not like documentary because I want to get to this too. Is like, I don't think movies should be journalism. No, you know, movies should be cool and like present stuff like you were just saying and like have style and flair and like use all of what is possible to make sound and, Sound and visuals present, you know, visual storytelling.
1: Yeah, they should provide a vibe for they, sure.
0: Yeah, and this movie does do that. Like, it looks mm-hmm. great. Look, like, it's like you're never like taking your eyes away, like, oh man, whatever. You know, he still has his eye, he's still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, where his eye can raise the quality of a black rain, because mm-hmm. black rain's kind of meaningless. The historical implications of the Christopher Columbus story, I think, are just too weighty to go into with a frivolous. Let's just show some good visuals. Does that make yeah,
1: sense? Yeah, that makes a hundred percent percent sense. I think you're like it's just it's just one of those things where like you can't. The subject matter is so uh, yeah dire and uh, larger in scope than someone perhaps such as release Scott at this time is unaccustomed to, like, tackling. Like, it's so much of it is, like, beyond... It's a movie you cannot direct effectively if your primary, you know, mover for making the movie is how does this character relate to myself and how do I... Yeah, and how do I tell that story? I think that's the problem.
0: And I think you could do that in um, science fiction. Yes, 100%. You could do that in more genre oriented stuff.
1: And there's like real life stuff, like The Martian, that like works. Like that's yeah. like a type of movie of like human and, uh, you know, humans
0: and can I endure. This goes, or this goes back to his um, script. He you has know, a good script, Thelma Lois. He's got a good script, like an alien.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, The Martian to come. Things work better.
2: Yeah, you know, I think are, that yeah.
0: those who argue that um, really Scott is more style over substance, this would be point A in their courtroom argument. Yeah, because like,
1: yeah, because like, look, like, yeah, there are some like visuals like, you know, he's the scene where he's in the jungle and like all the, the birds that he's never seen before fly into the sky and you see the sunlight coming through where the birds are. It's like one of the there's this there's like gorgeous moments like that. Yeah, it's jaw where dropping. See, yeah, and you see like the 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 beauty and splendor of like you know this new world they've just. Well, the discovered. entire
0: area where he has his final confrontation with Wincott is just yeah. amazing. It's just, and even like the slow motion shots of him getting off the boat and walking up the beach. It's like I remember those from the trailer when this movie came out. You're like, oh wow. That's exciting. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, it's just like yeah, like the visuals are great. It's just the wrong vessel. You wish there was like another comparable story. Like fuck, like you know. And make I'll tell you up. what, listen, make yeah. it up. Yeah, make <laughs> it up. Or like I'll tell you what, I'm excited for the Napoleon movie. Mm-hmm. There's gonna and be I, like a lot of like and it this. Be-
0: it, this is his wheelhouse. This is these these broad like all like the extras and all like the battles and all of the cool like historical shit. Yeah, and the slow motion shots. I mean, this is like he eats this stuff. This is these are his sandwiches which have been canceled. Mm, um, yeah. this is freedom, his bread. Freedom yeah. meals, that's what we call freedom it now. Freedom meals. But he um <laughs> he eats his stuff, but I just think like it it is, you know, this movie is going to be left to the dustbin of history because it just it just yeah. doesn't tackle what needs to be tackled. Yeah, in this it's, story, despite all of the craft and all of the talent involved <laughs> in it, and that's just the way it goes. And it's yeah, even after our listeners, our hardcore listeners who listen to an hour of us talking about this, I have a feeling uh, zero of you are actually going to go out and watch this movie.
1: <laughs> like, which is like, yeah, which is fine. fine.
0: Go yeah, ahead, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, you know. What? Here's my take, like, uh, you know. Go on YouTube and, like, fast forward through it a little bit and then look watch, at the, watch the, the, great the trailer. Video.
0: Watch the trailer. Yeah. It's the all trailer? There. Uh, I yeah. think um, only for Ridley Scott completists. Yeah. Um, for the, the true Scott heads. The true Scots out there. Um, and who knows? So the movie isn't a disaster at the box office, but so Ridley's kind of looking for, I can't distinct kind of like post legend vibes here he's looking for an easy hit yeah and much like someone to watch over me is a weird like half-baked erotic thriller Mm -hmm. we move on to 1996's white squall which is kind of a weird half-baked um Great teacher coming of age movie in the vein of Dead Poets Society, to the point where many reviews refer to this as Dead Sailors Society.
2: It feels like our beloved
0: Colonel Frank Slade and Scent of a Woman.
2: Yes,
1: (laughs) it feels that's what I was going to say. This movie just feels like it's like Dead Poets Society through the through a like Scent of a Woman filter. Like, there's something it's very like weird it's a weird movie
0: it is a really really strange movie and that even gets to and we'll we'll do the q on stuff at the end of the episode <laughs> but yeah. we'll get through the actual movie itself here yeah. <laughs> uh, 1996 american disaster survival film white squall directed by ridley scott based on the book last voyage of the albatross by charles geig hmm. um which would be i have a feeling maybe an interesting book um charles geig is of course the like, lead character in this, um, in this movie. We'll talk about uh, him and who plays him momentarily. Um, basic storyline here. Uh, a group of high school and college-age teenagers sign up for several months of training aboard a sail ship, the Albatross. Mm-hmm. Um, travel around half the globe. Um, they are mostly, you know, rich kids. Give it yeah time. there's a few two- like it's like a 50 50 split between rich kids and kind of delinquents
1: yeah it's very yeah there's like a there's like a snob sort of slobs element that they almost set up but then never yeah. quite follow through on. which you know not not that this movie necessarily needs that but you know. and it's
0: very important that this book takes place in 1961 on um mm-hmm. it has like this very like and they don't lean into it enough because it's right there and i i think like you watch a movie like the great american graffiti which leans into this like nostalgia this like this innocence of being just on the verge of the real tumultuous times in the united states of america the late 60s early 70s yeah or like uh,
1: yeah or philip kaufman's the wanderers have you ever seen that movie yeah that's like a good example of a movie
0: where like kind of get this get this thing right <laughs> okay.
1: yeah, yeah. The, we're like yeah that's a movie where like yeah things are about to like to the point where it almost becomes like a horror movie how how badly things are gonna turn and out it is this movie. feeling because like
0: you watch these 50s nostalgia movies 50s early 60s because the early 60s were still the 50s for the most part um oh for sure for sure basically until kennedy died it's the 50s yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: true. Yeah. And, you know, we got the space race. Like, I just like the idea. Like, I always joke with my dad. It's like, oh, yeah, you're out of the early 60s. So, like, space and boxing matter to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know
1: and, who Bobby Jones is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
0: was the, so, uh, some would say simpler times, but like, and this movie is basically about um, kind of the innocence lost prior. To the truet, the country losing in some mm-hmm. sense. Um, we've got a whole band of young men on this boat. Mm-hmm. Uh starting with Chuck Eag, who's played by Scott Wolf, uh, who many of you will remember from the television series Party of Five on uh, the Fox Network. Um yeah, also, also the Double Dragon movie. <laughs> oh no,
1: yeah. It's Scott Wolf, he's had her he's up. He's like, Yeah, he's in the Campbell Scott George Coraface Club. Well,
0: he's um I mean, I went to, I was in middle school and high school during the Party of Five era. I've never seen an episode of Party of Five. Party of Five, like, predates the OC as, like, a show that I saw a lot of previews to on Fox, but never saw. So I felt like I could, like, every episode of Party of Five was a very special Party of Five. Uh, other people who were on Party of Five were Matthew Fox, who went on to do Lost, oh, man, and yeah. um, Nev Campbell, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was a really, like, 90s all-star. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah whatever <laughs> happened to matthew fox that
1: guy fell off the face of the earth
0: yeah and um so scott wolf plays Chuck chucky who i gotta say patrick a little bit of stingo vibes you get a little stingo out of him yeah huge stingo
1: very like um he is like it's 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 a problem like, it's the classic problem in movies like this where they make like you the voice of reason or like the person that the the cast like you're like the person you're supposed to relate to in the cast, you kind of make him a blank slate a bit,
0: yeah, and like we've seen it before, um, mm-hmm. and he grew on us, Chris O'Donnell is Charlie in um yeah of a woman. I works in that one very well, and he grew on us the more we watched Son of a woman, who knows if. We would have felt the same if we had to watch um, White, Squall, White eight, Squall eight times. Yeah, um, and
1: if we did, like a, I guess, like a Jeff Bridges bracket, yeah. I don't even think
0: it would last that long. I don't think long, it would though. last that long, but we'll get to Mr. Bridges <laughs> in a moment here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Sisto is in the mix, is the. Um... Ooh, Jen was yelling at this character. Oh, yeah. Honestly, she was like, No redemption for Frank.
2: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <God, laughs> oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah.
0: I just had like an acid flashback for the dolphin sequence. <laughs> ah! I, I put the dolphin sequence out of mind, out of sight over the last three <laughs> weeks, and now it's all came crashing back to me. And I've I see, mean... you know, peek inside Don's personal life, I missed an episode. We've had a few r- r- rough patches. We're okay. We're on the up. We're on the up. On yeah, the, we're you know, on the on up. my personal life, but we've had a few rough patches in the Saunderson household <laughs> recently. We're okay now, but this dolphin thing might be worse. <laughs> i think it's like one of the most ups- and it's kind of like i was i'm not gonna lie seeing it. it you watched white school before i did you texted me yeah. about it We'll t- okay we'll get to it in a moment we'll, we'll get, get it to, to it yeah jeremy sister who i really like a lot i think he's great i loved him on six feet under that kind of yeah um, and i like him every time he shows up um ryan Philippi in the mix is gil martin um <laughs> yeah he, against he's the type, flaps of the group against type but it's only in retrospect. If we had seen this in 1996, we would have been like, who's this interesting young nerd? He's good. He is good. He's actually good. Yeah, he's actually quite good, but I think he got really typecast as like tough guy, Yeah. later on. And he's like, he's kind of the wimp of the group in this one.
1: It'd be interesting to see him play into that more. Like, yeah, because it is like, yeah, it is like, yeah, he's like such a not, yeah, he is not even like the character that he's like
0: He's Jeff, not yet. He's Jeff not... Bridges makes him pee his pants. That's the kind of guy he is.
1: That is an insane sequence. That is, I have yeah. that written, I have that note down. That is like um yeah, I don't know. He's a little bit of like a J.K. Simmons and
0: Whiplash energy right yeah. there. Uh Eric Michael Cole who plays Dean Preston. Eric Michael Cole was my favorite of the kids. Yes. Is this the I- He is uh... the least like, he, I did not know anything about him. Like I don't remember him from other movies. Mm-mm. Um, he, you know very like you know didn't do a time like I think that um he was in the Angelina Jolie movie Gia which was an HBO movie um he's done some TV yeah he's like he's, working he's, consistently he was in two Allison Chains videos but in 2018 oh, Allison Chains videos interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> um group from oh, Pacific wow. Pacific Northwest guy. Oh, no, that's cool uh he's kind of the um bad boy uh who we learned never learned to read <laughs> i love that oh, i never learned to read <laughs> i'm a ding he, dong he's a bad boy of the group and he's really good in the movie he like has an arc and you like you really kind of like feel sympathy for him and i wish we had seen him in more movies because i think he's like he sticks out to me out of the it's group a- it's like
1: a rough you wish there was like more because they do a good job with him they do a good job with ryan a goodish job with ryan Philippi. Mm-hmm. and then like the the rich kid is a, like the who who i love by the way the father of beaumont i think it's like francis beaumont is the character's name i think he's played by david selby
0: yeah he's Great. good he, uh real so good real like uh, he he knows what he's doing yeah you know it's he like, knows what kind of character he's playing in this movie I think um, so among the other guys Balthazar Getty ah. uh, Ethan Embry who you've seen a ton of stuff Ethan Embry to this day works big time um, but bottom line I think the toughest part with the young guys they're fairly undistinguishable
2: yeah. See, when, yeah
0: once they start taking off their shirts and getting a tan I can't it's it was really hard for me to tell the difference in the same way that um, Columbus's crew I couldn't tell the difference between any of those guys. Oh, not at all. The movie, like
1: literally, yeah, it's like it's it's pretty
0: difficult in this film to like,
1: like you can I can kind of tell who Ethan Embry just because like Ethan Embry, like I know his face. I've seen enough Ethan yeah. Embry works, and, and then I, I like,
0: like I like Ethan Embry. He's oh, he's good and everything.
1: Yeah, and he's kind of like his job in this movie is to be sort of the the like the the foil to like all the, of, the other boys, a sort bit of, of
0: wise ass you know, kind of character. Yeah, although um,
1: he makes a good point when something happens in the movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Balthazar Getty, who, you know, when you might know him from Lost Highway. It was oh, yeah. He's a member of the Getty family, so he's doing just fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he's like a DJ or something. Yeah, <laughs> I read like an matter. article about him. Yeah, he's doing he, great. Fascinating he's,
0: guy, yeah. fascinating guy. Showed up in the late seasons of Alias. Um, oh, good for him. Another another jj abrams show <laughs> um, i tried watching that over the it's not a it's not as fun as lost i watched it all when it was on we were into it my girlfriend it's, at the time it, and i and um i don't know i i have a feeling i would find it deeply annoying now
1: it's uh, tough it's i think it's like and it's not like it's bad i think it's just a hard show to get into it might take like a half a remember, season or something
0: um, Tarantino played like a CIA guy on a few episodes because he, he was really into it and he like reached uh, out to the creators. He's like, I love your show. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, that's funny. I love it. That's, you know, that's fun.
1: I like, I like yeah. it whenever like, yeah, you get, he'll like just act and like you'll see him in like the, there was like a, a Muppets TV movie he was in where he had like, a weird just, cameo.
0: He's just like into the Muppets.
2: Yeah, like, he loves the
0: Muppets. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> I think what this movie is missing though, which is like if you watch like American, all the way back to American Graffiti, but like, Or even Scent of a Woman with like the got the crew of young guys, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's there. You watch American Graffiti, you got the crew of young guys. Wait, there's Harrison Ford. Uh, Watch Days of Confused, you get the crew of young guys. Oh, there's Matthew McConaughey, there's Ben Affleck. Like, this movie does not have like the meteoric superstar. Who like yeah. you see and you're like, oh, like a lot of good working actors. Every one of them is a good working actor. But like it's almost like shocking, like Matt Damon isn't like the fourth guy. That is like a bummer. Like that.
1: Yeah, you're missing, like, yeah, you're missing a Matt Damon. You're missing a uh I don't know who would be like, yeah, anyone comparable. I guess like I feel like Philip Seymour Hoffman
0: Hoffman was finally too old at this point. Uh but I think they, they, but they're like yeah, like um even like it's like surprising like Toby McGuire doesn't play Chuck Geek, or
1: yeah, or like, like a Leo, yeah, exactly, or Leo
0: even, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's the right age. Or Joaquin Phoenix isn't in it. Oh my god, like yeah, yeah.
1: Like Joaquin would have crushed Frank Boehm. Not that Jeremy Jeremy Sisto is pretty good as like the unhinged character in this movie. Yeah, I, I
0: think, yeah, but I think Joaquin could have played Dean, Dean Preston. Oh, yeah.
1: for sure. Yeah, he you know. yeah he has the range. He could have yeah he could have yeah. covered any of them.
0: Yeah, and it's just a little surprising because like they're all like this level and there's usually in these there's like uh, with like a strong ensemble there's one guy but that brings us actually to our lead who does prove what it means to be a magnetic superstar the captain of the ship who's teaching these boys to be men Captain Christopher Skipper Sheldon played by just a god tier, Jeff Bridges in this movie. God, he can
1: like just take like the most bland. Sh- he's like he is the so ultimate good. spice. He's yeah. oh, he's great in this
0: film. I was dude, I was watching him in Starman last night for my first time. He's, he's not fucking, bad in anything. He's not bad. He's good in every single movie he's in. He's pretty good. He is like yeah. There's no movie. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's just he, yeah. he he just he brings
1: it. He can be. He's, yeah. he's whatever, one of the few people that
0: can bring it. Whatever it is. This man has it like we were talking about with Tom Cruise too a few weeks ago. It's like this is what movie stars do. This is what the Secret Spice movie stars bring to the table. It's like I don't know what he does, but at the second he shows up and he's like gives him gives the guys that look in his movie like this guy's awesome. Yeah, I will, he, I'd follow this guy into this boat.
1: You know? He brings, like, it with a capital I, yeah, which not a yeah, lot of... Which, and, which like, uh, maybe, like, a dozen people on Earth can do at this point.
0: And he's, like, a charisma machine. He might be. I mean, the dude, dude had, like, 30 years. Before he became grizzled and awesome and bearded and, like, this st- beloved stoner, he had 30 mm-hmm. years of being a top-of-the-line hunk. Yeah! <laughs> on top
1: of that. That was... Yeah, I forget that, like, yeah, watching Starman, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, an uncut... Or, like, it's so crazy his range because, like, yeah. you think of a movie like Fat City where he's like a gawky teen,
0: kind or of a like, loser, you know, or, or like all the way back to Picture Show.
1: Yeah, the yeah. gawkiest
0: of teens. Seen yeah, that one. all yeah. the way to like in the eighties, like movies like um, Cutters Way or Against All Odds, where he's just like this chiseled, like himbo type guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like almost doing Kurt Russell-y type stuff <laughs> or something. Like it's it's
2: it's uh-huh. nuts.
0: Yeah, all the way to like. You know, the wave he's been riding since Big Lebowski and Crazy Heart being this, like, grizzled stoner guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, know?
1: just like Mr. True Grit. Yeah, like 100%. Yeah, yeah like, ah, just having a weird... You know, like,
0: I mean, I watched... Um, I don't do a lot of TV. TVs. Everyone, long-time listeners know. I watched mm-hmm. The Old Man because of him. <laughs> like, literally because of him. And he's got this whole, like, he's doing Bourne stuff. Like, Jason Bourne kind of, like, like, hand-to-hand combat shit in that.
1: It's so cool that he's still because like the thing too is to like, you know, before that movie was released, he was in hell or high water. Yeah. And he's the opposite of a born in
0: that. Like he's great in that. Oh, he crushes it in that. Yeah. He's one of the best. He has the The, range. He's one of the absolute best to do it. And uh, even in the Ian Nathan book, and I I wanted to quote this because I think Ian Nathan in this Ridley Scott book, Bridge's performance is one of the film's blessings. He holds sentimentality at bay. He's both a father figure, tanned tanned and handsome as a Greek hero, and a control freak who loses control. And he guides the movie. The movie would be just the blandest thing if he wasn't in this. If he wasn't kicking ass all the way through this movie. No, like you
1: know, and I love John Savage, but he alone could not hold this movie.
0: I would throw John Savage overboard
1: yeah he kind of sucks oh yeah character.
0: i know i love john savage too i'm a i'm a fan oh i'm a
1: savage head yeah, yeah. but it's not him it's this character it's yeah. just the it's craze, like he's
0: like... the he's the boats like cook and english teacher if i'm not yeah. mistaken
1: no he's just the english teacher there's a different cook
0: but, oh yeah but oh that's um gerard is the cook right yes
1: yes 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 yes
0: poor 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 gerard um, RIP. RIP, real RIP one. to a real one um and uh, no, but he just quotes like Shakespeare and Milton the entire time. <laughs> there, he's got a quote for all seasons, and you know it's throw John Savage overboard season. If you ask me, yeah, like, it's like <laughs> like we're in the sorry. middle of the ocean, man. Shut up! I <laughs> like, want to hear about Henry David Thoreau, you fucking yeah. nerd. I'm gonna wedgie. He should have been wedgie'd by Preston yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> well, I think it's like Jeff Bridges is so cool and so masculine. You got to get this nerd on board to balance the forces.
1: Yeah, you gotta balance it out. You need a little savage with them, um, um,
0: Bridges. Jeff Bridges, wife is on board. Alice, played by Caroline Goodall. Um, they um, so basically, all these kids get sent there. Um, Scott Wolf is giving us voiceover about kind of man. It's gonna be this it's very Stingo-y. I learned so much there. Oh, here less stingos, more Kevin Kleins. That's what I wanted to say on board. <laughs> more Kevin Kleins. Yeah
1: yes give me more weird chaos agents give me like a boat of just deans and franks
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and we chaos. so
0: we, we get to know the boys we get to know the skipper's a hard ass but mm, is he inspiring see we got a red alert cool guy alert i think so yeah. are if his uh,
1: tough as nails ways gonna turn the boys around on him i
0: think so absolutely they do so they um and when we were watching the movie patrick and i were doing a little bit of texting and They travel around the caribbean they get um they get accosted by some some of castro's people Uh, yeah that was weird (laughs) we find out gerard is a cuban dissident and they don't want to get caught very weird like one-off sequence um there um they travel to different islands they get laid they drink they have fun um and then, uh, so Frank Beaumont, played by Jeremy Sisto, arrives a little bit late. He's got mm-hmm. these. He's the richest one of them all. He's got this snooty ass dad, this wine mom, mom. <laughs> yeah, mom. Yeah. Who and um, something a little weird, a little mm. twisted. Would you say? Yeah, little, Frank. So yeah, a little bit of, clown of
1: crime in this guy.
0: Yeah, a little, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm thinking we're talking about the Joker here. (laughs) Oh, no, oh, no. So he gets a sequence. I'm gonna just spoiler alert. And like, I don't, I'm not a big, like, I think trigger warnings are what they are, but this is actually like worthwhile
1: in this. Yeah, truly distressing. um, And it
0: comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. So they're on the oceans. They're, Look at the majestic water. Oh, my God.
2: Dolphins. Beautiful. beautiful. beautiful.
0: We
1: love them. We love them,
0: folks. Don't we love them? Uh, name somebody who's not into dolphins. Well, we got one person. named right. Frank Beaumont. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I was going to say like, Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Hannibal Lecter's okay. With, he doesn't like people, but I think he's okay with dolphins. Yeah, he'd be cool with dolphins. He'd be like, you
1: know what, dolphins? You're doing your thing. I'm doing mine.
0: Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're separate. are separate, folks. <laughs> Just keep strokes. your head away
1: from me, because I might... Different, might different strokes
0: for different folks, dolphins. <laughs> um, <laughs> murder is my game. <laughs> I want to make a t-shirt that's different
1: strokes for different folks, dolphins, and then quote Hannibal Lecter, and then it's <laughs> Hannibal Lecter doing the...
0: No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> So they they pull up with these dolphins. Everyone's looking at them. Frank pulls out a spear gun and shoots the dolphin. It's shocking. It's out of nowhere. It like it, it it's mind it's a mind melter.
1: God, as like deranged as this is about to sound, I am kind of impressed that this movie made me like feel like that is like you watch it and it's truly like shocking, shocking and almost like a transgressive like you know like. <sighs> Like, something you would see in, like, a,
0: like a CD because film. Because it is of what follows.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Jeff Bridges is um, correctly upset yeah. about this. They pull the dolphin on board. They try and make some saves. Um, It's not looking good for the dolphin. So he turns to Jeremy Sisto and yells, finish it. Oh, and it gets worse. It gets worse. I'm not even gonna describe it. They do. We'll just they 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 do.
2: It's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's
0: it's crunchy. We'll put use the yeah. word crunchy. <laughs>
1: and like I said, like like it's like there is something to be said about like it's that weird tunnel vision I think that Ridley Scott has, where he's like, no, we're gonna go all in on this. We're gonna see this through. And because I, it I, is a big
0: pinpoint thing. So Jeff Bridges, the second they dock, tosses Jeremy Sisto off the boat. He, we don't want you yeah. anymore.
1: Yeah, you're and a dolphin murderer. Fuck you. Sent,
0: Sends him home, and we're like, and then they they had this weird like goodbye, Frank. <laughs> All the guys, yeah. And stuff like, I learned that we learned, learned
1: stuff in the scene. You're supposed to like think Ethan Embry's a jerk because his character is like, this guy killed a dolphin. We shouldn't be like, yeah. We don't we need to like say this. goodbye to
0: him. Yeah, we it's we. Fight. It's really strange cuz like yeah. they try and like say like oh frank's a prod- product of, you know, his shitty rich parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um eh, he might be a psychopath.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this, it's like yeah, it's funny cuz like yeah.
0: this is like um psychopath behavior if you ask me. Right? For sure. Yeah. Oh,
1: 100%. Well, and it's It is interesting, too, because he's, like, I think he's, like, isn't he, like, the oldest kid? I feel like his character is, like, 19 or something, and, like, like he's, like, two years older than everyone else, and he's done this before, maybe, or um, similar things.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: and then, well, and here's the deal, like, you know, let's just say this isn't the last of Frank that we see, you know? Yeah, it's... Maybe the kids regret, like... Doing yeah. what they did initially. Maybe they regret saying he is invited yeah.
0: him in such a it's, nice way. It's so weird. So he tosses him. And yeah. uh then so there's this part of me that wonders, does Ridley Scott care about anything else beyond we're sitting here like this movie's called White Squall? When 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 the shit when the shit are we getting the squall? Yeah, where's the squall? <laughs> where where is the squall? Then all of a sudden, the squall hits, and we are led into a tour day force, harrowing action sequence that almost makes up for everything that has kind of the general malaise that has just preceded this. It's awesome. It's yeah, it scary is, as hell. You're invested it, in all the characters surviving. It's all easily, of a sudden. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's great. It's easily it, the
1: best part of the movie. It's easily, easily like you yeah, and you wish that like it's you all, fucking wish like, that this was just the movie.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You just wish they were good, these guys in this storm. Um, there's all sorts of like crazy like so Bath and Sarghetti's behind the wheel, he disobeys one of Jeff Bridges' orders.
2: Hmm.
0: Um which leads them further into the squall. It's what so down in the deck below they get hit jeff bridges wife hits her head she gets locked down below um chef oh. cook uh gerard is pulled under almost immediately and he's done gone then we find out ryan Philippi's character gill is asleep in his tidy whities in the in the in the in the basement, What the hell is it called? The basement of the gala,
1: <laughs> the basement of the ship.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, the down uh, part. <laughs> I've never been caught in a white school, man. I don't go on boats. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, he's stuck down there. Dean goes down to try and like rescue him. They're getting tossed all over the place. Jeff Bridges is per- like acting his ass off trying to break down this glass to get to where his wife is. Um, it's, but it's sad it's, it's harrowing it's Sad. it's brutal and it's so well done it, it and makes it's you like, care it, about everyone involved in the movie even though they were underwritten before this time period
2: that's it's,
1: the problem it's like this movie is so like nothing really matters you feel like with the exception of the dolphin moment like there really aren't that many moments of like high stakes or like any sense it's of very like, yeah. end of
0: the mill up until this part, and then it becomes yeah. like this, like very like wow special movie, like exactly. But unfortunately, like we lose not only Gerard, but Jeff Bridges' wife Alice dies. Frank, no, not Frank Gil dies. Ryan Phillippe and Eric Michael Cole's Dean dies. So like a lot of characters we got to know and like, and oh my god, crazy. And it's shocking and it's horrible and it's like a kind of what you watch movies for is how well done the sequence is. And it's like the movie magic of it. I was like, how the hell did they do this? Like,
2: yes. how did
0: they throw water at these guys for this long? And like, they like
1: filmed it in like a fucking studio in Malta yeah, or something They went to it's Malta wild.
0: and it was like four weeks of just the boat crash sequence. And it's and it's like such an amazing combination of like models. Special effects, uh, like work in the tank. Oh, and they, the fans weren't enough, so they brought in jet fans to oh. really blast them with wind. It's terrific. I'm sure the actors had a terrible time for all four of those. Yeah. Weeks. Like, no question. <laughs> it's about just some it.
1: real The Abyss energy. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the Studio Malta was actually built for Robert Altman's Popeye movie. That was uh, oh. the, uh, defined. but anyway. They get back to shore, and um, all of the rich kids, led by their re-emergent Frank Beaumont's family, decide that their parents all decide, because they're all these rich assholes, they all decide that Skipper, Jeff Bridges, negligent. Take away his boat license. What a bunch of crap. And my thought is, you sent him, you guys didn't do any background research on fucking Captain Ron here. (laughs) Another Jeff uh, um, Kurt Russell boat captain movie. Um, <laughs> uh, which is very fun. A saw favorite. Martin Schwartz in that, too. Um, oh. But um, you guys send your kids for half a freaking year to go on this boat with this guy. And then this like free storm. Ha- it's very rich person behavior. They did no research <laughs> and then they want justice. Um, the risk was there, my friends. Um, anyway. What follows in the last fifteen minutes of this movie, you heard it right, folks, a trial sequence. Yes, it was straight out of scent of a woman. And the naval courts yeah. also straight out of scent of a woman. Academy Academy Hall of Famer James Rebhorn brought in to be the prosecuting attorney. He's back. He's,
2: back. he's, he's, back. Also, Is he he's the Dean of the Navy. Machine?
0: Is he a pencil pusher? Does he not like Jeff Bridges rule like skirting the rules kind of ways? You yeah. better believe it. <laughs> He's phenomenal. We love him. You love to see him. He's on trial. It's a mess. It's not looking good for not looking good for Bridges. And Bridges is about to give up. Yeah. He's like hell with this man. I'm bummed. Bummed about this entire thing he's running um, and no one brings up at all it's like oh so you're so negligent that your wife dies obviously yeah. this was an accident your wife died Like, <laughs> yes yeah and she's not brought up in the trial at all it's just it's about so, the kids and stuff like that it's like yeah. obviously like do you think that he just was like willy-nilly and doesn't care that this went down
1: no he's like Totally permanently mentally ruined by this, perhaps.
0: Yes, perhaps. And it's interesting the postscript on this character was fascinating. Um, uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment here. But then Scott Wolf, Chuck Geek, leads the guys in a rousing uh what's the dead poets <laughs> It's like oh captain
1: my captain. Oh, captain my, ca- yeah, yeah,
0: straight out of oh captain my captain. Um and they love him.
2: Yeah, they all they like love yeah, the they- damn
0: they love the damn skipper and then uh, Jeremy Sisto produces the bell, the famous mm. bell with the motto of the ship, "Where we go one, we go all." People in modern politics are well aware of that saying, because of course <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is QAnon's tagline now. <laughs> that is
1: very odd. Yeah, very. It's so weird that QAnon QAnon got their like tagline their log line uh, from this film
0: a literally soggy coming-of-age movie about a bunch of drips and their cool captain it, it fighting, it, not really fighting the system because they all ended no. up in Vietnam anyway
1: <laughs> oh and then they were fine they, the movie ends with like hey they all fought in Vietnam and it was
2: okay don't worry yeah, and about they all, it
0: <laughs> they all like give each they give Jeff Bridges a hug which I will admit because of Jeff Bridges it was kind of moving to me yeah I mean like, like you, I bought you, it I bought it
1: yeah, because like you they earned that because of the the, the squall sequence
0: I, I, I was okay with that yeah. and we discover yeah they all went to Vietnam a few years later and Jeff Bridges became like one of the heads of um the Peace Corps.
2: He oh yeah I forgot like in South America yeah. he was the
0: head
1: of Peace Corps. And which he, is very never, weird.
0: he never remarried and like maybe never even went on a boat again for all we know. Um, oh. but I think like like the Peace Corps thing gave me a show it's like yeah this guy was like actually a good guy like it was like he was like legitimately trying for people and yeah it was it's so the movie ends it's kind of has a lord of the flies thing that happens in it too which is kind of dopey um it's fine (laughs)
1: yeah it's it's okay it's like if i saw this on tnt and if I lived in a time before, like the internet provided us, like
0: the ability With more to watch movie options,
1: yeah. Then I, yeah, If this was like the year nineteen ninety nine, and this movie was on TNT and there was nothing else on, I would probably watch it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's not as like, it, yeah. Uh, what one thing? It's like it isn't as like, dopey and questionable as someone to watch over me. It's not as politically fraught as 1492 it's not as goofy and silly as legend
1: yeah it's it's not as Um, it's not as like uh, ridiculous and um aesthetically mesmerizing as black rain
0: yeah yeah it's not as like entertaining as black rain (laughs) yeah
1: this doesn't yeah it just doesn't and you know here's my opinion this is what the movie should have been it's like a Movie about Jeff Bridges' character, like forget the—I know this is gonna be controversial. Forget the kids; don't make them like the lead in any way. Have it be about Jeff Bridges in, as like a broken man in the Peace Corps in South America, wherever went, he is.
0: Went down with these boys.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you know, maybe it's someone trying to rekindle a relationship with them. He's like closed off. It's like Case Casey Affleck in fucking uh, Manchester by the Sea, uh. that sort of thing. And then like the big climax is him remembering the horrible thing that happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think the, the movie does to an extent, but could have done it more so, is play to your strengths. You have Jeff yeah. Bridges, you got a rad boat sink, sinking sequence.
1: That's all you need, yeah. You, you don't need. even, yeah, you don't need this weird like half-baked, uh, hey, we're like, you know, it's Peter Pan meets uh, the sin of the woman or whatever. The, yeah, the, the, and otherwise, the it's, a lesser, boys. It,
0: it's a lesser dead boat society. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. lesser... Be- um Lesser even Scent of a Woman, although it does make more sense
1: than Scent of a Woman. Yeah, no, Scent of a Woman is uh, baffling. That,
0: that is, like, one of those
1: movies where it is just so crazy that that movie was as big and popular yeah. as it was, and it, like, captured America. I think that's what they were,
0: they were trying for with this. That's exactly yeah. what they were trying for with this. Um, has a bizarre um, sting song over the credits. Valparaiso. Oh, not great. Oh, uh- I forgot, yeah. We might have to make that our outro music.
1: I, I forgot about I, that.
0: I 100 percent think I, I agree with you. Yeah. That. Uh 57% on Rotten Tomatoes Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Fair. medium, middle fair. of the road movie, baby. Yeah, uh science fair. critical consensus reads, though it occasionally it gets occasionally bogged down by touchy-feely sentiment. White school benefits greatly from Jeff Bridges' assured lead performance and really scott's visceral exciting direction. All true. Ebert. Our friend gave it three stars in his review. He says, "I enjoyed the movie for the sheer physical exuberance of its adventure." Wait, did not say much. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be noted, decades after White's Call's release, believers in QAnon conspiracy theory have developed an affinity for the film because of its original trailer. Oh, <laughs> not the film itself; it's the trailer. <sighs> uh, barf, um, barf. Emphasizing, barf! Emphasizing the phase the phrases: "Where we go, one we go all anonymous." And the calm before the storm, which feature prominently in the conspiracy's lore.
1: <laughs> you know that like a uh, a cult or a conspiracy like I guess movement is kind of built on uh you know you know the foundation isn't too great where one of the one of the one of the one of your conspiracies like lodestones is a fucking trailer for a semi decent film like semi not even the movie. mostly
0: mostly forgotten movie. Yeah,
1: like, and it's just the trailer on YouTube. People just watch
0: none of the. It's just crazy. It's yeah. so funny. Should it's so noted, stupid. Uh, Budget at thirty-eight million dollars. Box office ten point two million. Another box oh, wow. office failure for Ridley Scott. <laughs> Somehow the highs of Thelma and Louise, he has fallen back down to earth, Crashed back down to earth
2: <laughs> in a way that
0: only a deeply successful man like Ridley Scott can crash back down to earth and not really lose any momentum whatsoever.
1: <laughs> it is interesting when we do this, how many times he has crashed down to Earth, and it seems to not like he's fine. He always ends up okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this kind of does get back to a you know, broader topic of back to our Ryan Reynolds conversation on the yeah. VoIP for episode of how much can, like, talented in Ryan Reynolds' case, handsome, in really Scott's case, really talented filmmakers fail. When they are on the top end of the social, racial, sexual, gender hierarchy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, how many just friends are you allowed to make before you start in Deadpool? Yeah, that's the that's a question we're
0: solving. Uh, yeah, it is a question we're solving, and I am our next Ridley Scott film on the agenda is 1997's GI Jane, a movie that much like and Louise, very talked about kind of mm. there are think pieces about it I've never seen it so I'm excited about that um, I, was this movie successful JJ was um I don't you know we can spoil it for ourselves it it budgeted 50 million made 48.2 mm. it was more of a talking point nobody really cared and um kind of a lightning rod star in Demi Moore at that point in her career we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that in a few mm. weeks though because next mm-hmm. week and I screwed up oh Don blunder last episode i said mm. we were doing crimson tide for our next episode due to our special one-off vigilante episode the time frame changed <laughs> and next week is our annual tradition our spooky episode Ooh, got, so get so out your house, ghouls get out your ghouls and goblins because we're we're, <laughs> we're digging deep on another beloved actor Oh, of yeah. the of the genre realm, and then of course is Academy Academy favorite, who has come up many times before, Lance Henriksen,
2: oh, so be celebrated
0: good. on next week's episode. Our films of choice next week, Catherine Bigelow's masterpiece, Near Dark, currently streaming on the Criterion Channel.
2: Oh, uh, wow.
0: General tough find. I would love to see a Criterion disc on that one. The mm. um. Wonderfully titled 1988 horror film, Pumpkin Head, which uh, looks like it's uh, available to stream and or rent if you want to grab a shot at that one. And then one that Lance is actually not hugely in, but Patrick and I have kind of an obsession over and we just want to talk about it. Yes. The t- deeply controversial Alien 3 directed by David Fincher. Um, Both of us like Alien Three. Yes, we're going to talk about why we like Alien (laughs) Three.
1: It kind of rules. Look, it's like what if uh, Sigourney Weaver was trapped on a prison planet with like 50 Jason Stathams? That's what what if
0: like all of the goodwill and good vibes created by James Cameron in Aliens was totally and utterly and grimly decimated in the first five minutes of its fall the sequel to (laughs) fall
1: everything yeah all the all the any optimism or happiness that you may have gotten from the very end of aliens any hope immediately (laughs) is
0: ripped out of your stomach like a damn alien coming out after
1: yeah it is burst it is burst away from you and then it eats
0: you it, yeah, if you wanted a movie in which it was Sigourney Weaver and fifteen Charles dances as her co-star, that
2: is—it's just
1: insane.
0: It is just like, yeah, it's like she is trapped on the island of Ray Winstones. It goes hard, but if you have it's nostalgia so and love for aliens, James Cameron, we'll talk about it. Not an Alien Three fan at all. Ooh. Um. But we're going to celebrate Lance Henriksen next week with a spooky episode. Week after that, uh, yeah, we're talking Crimson Tide. I am so excited to talk Crimson Tide. I love Crimson Tide. I have not seen it in a long time. I think you're feel- going to love it. I'm excited. I'm like, I feel like I've seen
1: like bits of it. That's like another movie I feel like I've seen bits of on FX here There's and there. There's a lot but... of
0: like guys yelling at other guys saying, Back down, sir. <laughs> <You know>? yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'm sold. And then um
0: the following week after that is going to be man, we have just got hit after hit after hit coming up. We return to the Visionary Alliance after that for Simpson-Bruckheimer-Digression Part 2. Yeah, we're talking bad boys, and we're talking dangerous minds. Man, I love it. I'm excited for every single one of these episodes. We hope you are, too, audience members. Uh, Check in with us, Podcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter at theacadacad. If you want to talk, hell, maybe you think they got 1492 right. I don't know you're weird yeah. if you you're might- weird <laughs> you're- maybe that last man standing fan we were talking about earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might be uh if you want to talk white squall if you want to talk any of these upcoming movies we're excited about all of them man we're in it this is good stuff um but for now uh for patrick i'm done we'll see you next week on the academy academy have a good day <laughs> <laughs> what a bread uh, okay. oh, What a bread You know We didn't even talk about the title Conquest of Paradise the Oh, the well. dark
2: star oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Over the sea Oh when my true love Is waiting for me Oh the south wind Canvas the stars, harness the moonlight so she can safely go round the cape.